welcome to In Bed With The Films We Love, a podcast about the films that we like the most, really. Yeah, a sort of series in which we try and work out just exactly why we have these films in our uh, top lists. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the Before Trilogy, which isn't really just one film. It's a series of three films. Three films. No way. A trilogy. A tri- three films. Yeah, three okay. films. Sorry. Yes, it's rich, uh, a trilogy by Richard Linklater, the Before Sunrise, which is, came out in 1995, Before Sunset, 2004, and Before Midnight, 2013, starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy as a couple, well, we'll get into the story, won't we, so we yes. talk about it. Yes. Um, oh, by the way, I'm uh, Ethan Crane. And I'm Talia Ripley. Should have done that a little bit earlier, shouldn't we, but there we go, yeah. So, um... This is your choice, Talia, for, mm. for this one. So um, so first of all, say about your kind of history with this film, how, mm. how you remember watching it. And, okay, yeah. or films. Or films, yeah. So, obviously, I did... I have always, I've watched them in order. I don't have a good memory of the first time I watched before Sunrise, the first movie. I'm sure I watched it, but I didn't like it much. So I think I watched it when... I was uh, a few years, a good few years older than the characters. Now, so you didn't see it in the cinema when it first came no. out. Okay. Now we're we're about the same age as the characters. We're almost exactly the almost same exactly age the as the characters, characters, which is why, why it's so, so such a pertinent film. And it? I think that's I think that's important. So I was a, I was probably in my late twenties, watched it, and just thought. Um, I don't know. It didn't work for me, and there's lots of reasons I could imagine why I didn't find it particularly interesting. Um, then watched the second version, uh, the second film, Before, Before Sunset, yeah. which really blew me away. Um, you saw that at the cinema when it came out? I don't think I did, actually. I think that was just a home viewing. Yeah. But um, quite soon after it came out, uh, it really it really hit something, maybe just because, you know, of... of where I was in, in life. Um, you would have had small children at the time. Exactly. Yeah. And some of those lines seem very pertinent. And, yeah. and also, I just, I really got it. I think the characters clicked with me and that sense of, you know, the, the early 30s of like, what what the fuck, is this it? I don't know, you, you know. So and, you know, I really understood those sort of, the, that sort of desolation. Then I went back, rewatched the first film, this time found it much more charming, didn't have a problem with it. Um, I didn't, I think I previously found, um, especially Ethan Hawke's character, probably a little bit over pretentious. In, in Before Sunrise? Yeah, yeah, when I first watched it, when he's, you know, a young man. Yeah. Um, and this time, by the time I was in my 30s, I could watch a 20-something and think, oh, that's fine, that's okay. So why, what do you think the difference was? Why do you think you were charmed by it the second time around when you watched it in your 30s? I think it's exactly the same as, you know when you keep a diary, and you keep a diary in your teenage years, and then when you're, like, in your early 20s, you read your diary and go, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed, I've got to throw that away. If you manage not to do that and then read it when you're in your 30s, you go... Oh, that's kind of cute. That's fine. Yeah. That's nice, and you, and you don't mind. So you're just, I think, when you're really close to that age, and I think also, uh, like Ethan Hawke's uh, and Julie Delpy's characters, or Jesse and Selim, as you call them, if they have a fault, it is a bit to be, a bit pretentious. Uh, I think I probably, and I think you probably share that fault, really. Um, so, I think I was a bit. Ugh, when I when I first watched that first film and just thought, oh god, I'm so over those kind of 
early 20s conversations where you're talking about life and talking about death and everything like that you know those heavy huge heavy conversations they have in that first movie there's just there's a certain point where you're just like oh I can't do this anymore but you didn't find them because they have sort of similar conversations in certainly in Before Sunset they have their philosophising ones but you don't find those pretentious no but they they change and um, I'm just and, and maybe when you get older you just accept things more but um, they're not, uh, qu- they're quite simplistic, aren't they? They're quite, when they talk about things in the first movie, they sort of know, you know, they know the answer almost, like when they're, they're having their discussions about things, um, or they are... Well, let's say when Jesse's talking about saying, I'm not sure whether I want to be someone who's really good at something or whether I want to have a family, that that sort of thing, and they... Is that, is that what you mean? Is those, that, those sort of sorry, is that is something he talks about in... Something he talks about before sunrise, yeah, they're sitting on a bench by a... Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more thinking about those sort of things. Like, do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. kind of like, yeah, reincarnation seems nice. I'm going to believe in that. Yeah. And then, you know, they do have deeper conversations, but some of it is pretty trivial. Yeah. Um, and you know, and Jessie's got is such a horny teenager or young yeah. 20s and she carries on being throughout the films yes, <laughs> all yes, three films yeah, to be honest true. but it's true but I, I really i really know what you mean about the looking back on on i mean i i have to say when i first saw for summarize i really liked it even then kind of thing i think mm. but um but i would i would still feel slightly cringy at the philosophizing conversations kind of thing but like you say watching them with well, both with like 30-something eyes when Before Sunset came out and then with 40-something eyes when Before Midnight came out, you you do look at it and you think, that's just how people are in their 20s. Yeah. And that's and that's and it's in a, um, a really interesting progression yeah. from those 20-somethings to the 30-somethings to the 40-somethings. Yeah, and yeah. I think as a, as a 40-something, like 40-something now, going back and re-watching those films, I wasn't just thinking oh that's fine I was charmed by the puppyishness and the delight of that first movie and also of course the whole the the light delight delight Delight, you know the joy in it and the whole movie really is about the sadness of losing that to some extent I mean especially because as a couple they uh Jesse's written about this the event as well so yeah. it has a sort of meta quality to it because the event of the first film is a uh, you know has a presence if you like in the in the second and the third film because of this book he's written um which to in the second film it's sort of like a, a almost a charming way of getting them back together although it has some issues yeah. but the third film you feel this is something that's actually tearing them apart and but and also in both those films, they're both it, it enables them to look back and feel that sadness that they're no longer that character. And of course, we as viewers can just go back and watch them, and uh, it feels epic. It feels it does epic. It really is the word for it, I think. Yeah. It, although yeah. Uh, many, although it's a, I mean, it is a very romantic story, but it's also kind of mundane. I and mean, especially by the third movie, there isn't anything special about this couple really, um, and yet. It's, it's really... And the third movie, I feel, is such a tragedy, you know? Yeah. It seems appropriate set in Greece because it's... You know, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, as in, you know, ancient Greek tragedy. Um, and, and and there's such a... Um, I, I don't know. It blew me away because, again, it just it's just... All films have a, a, a great sense of reality to it. Um, and the fourth one, even... The fourth uh, one? The, the, the third one, even more so. And... 
um, particularly, you know, in, in the sort of tragedy of the mundane. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm just go back on that. Like, say, if you if you just take the first film on its own, it's an incredibly romantic film, and then if you watch it through the eyes of the second one, it becomes becomes quite painful the the romance of it for, as far as the second one goes and then by the third one you're you're I, I can't I, the thing that absolutely knocked me back watching it again watching before midnight was that we've seen we've seen this in well because because we, we just watched them didn't we like mm. sort of two nights running kind of thing we watched one night running and then the other two on the following night and to see the the romanticism of the first one sort of like and then completely kind of like spoiled by the third one kind of in some ways wasn't it to see the reality of them actually getting together it was just heartbreaking really wasn't it but but heartbreaking and also delightful at the same time in in a really strange way because you i i it made me it made me feel by the end of it made me feel well okay that this is sort of something i was going to talk about later but it seems the right time now it's Mm. sort of like the you you have this idealism of the first one. This is sort of like this is a scenario that lots of people sort of fantasize about, you know. Like, mm. and I'm sure it's a even though it's based on a slightly true story of Richard Linklater's, it's there's still a fantastical elements to it. I'm sure there's lots yeah. of it. He's written around, and so everyone thinks about, oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? So I'm meeting someone like this kind of thing, and but then to then you get the cold hard reality of the of the second film in a way where it hasn't quite all worked out and their lives are a bit of a disaster. And then you, then you're kind of given more hope again by the end and you think they stay together and they come to the third and one. And it'll all be okay. It'll be okay. true love will save yeah. the day because they are meant for each other. And it's not okay at all. <laughs> yeah. No. And, but, but I, but, but by it's then, not, sorry, yeah. but I don't think it's awful. I mean, it's no, not no. wonderful, but it's no. not, they've got a life that works. They've got some yeah. issues. Maybe they won't work them out together, but you know, it's it's not terrible. It's life. Yeah, but and that's what that's what delights me about the whole thing. By the end of it, it's kind of, sort of like, sort of like, yeah, this is this is what life is like, and this is okay, and like it kind of makes you feel good about yourself in some ways because <laughs> you think I might have had these these sort of like fantastical ideas about what life could have been, mm. but actually, if I followed through these fantasies, they would probably have, some of them would have come out just in so much the same way as these films here, and then so but actually. Your life as it is at the moment is okay, sort of thing. Mm. That's that's how. I, anyway, that feels okay. like a conclusion to the podcast. We've got yeah. to see about the beginning. Yeah. So no worries, no let's worries. let's kick back a bit. Okay. From that sort. Of, so, what are the, what are the sort of like the, like we we talk about this in the other films we've, we've in the series as well, haven't we? What are the real points of this film that really get you? What is what's the moments that sort of really get you about it? There's I mean there's obviously so many beautiful scenes. I think uh, overall you you could just say the great. Um, I think it's yeah, it does feel realistic to me the sort of dialogue between the two of them. Um, you know, people say it's not uh, ad libbed, is it? They sort of famously have, have talked about it. How it feels ad libbed, but actually, it's very um, quite carefully crafted. Yes, I mean, I mean Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy had a lot of um, input into the actual dialogue, yeah. didn't they? It's that? quite yeah. interesting. They got a bit humpy because they put a, they put a lot of work into the first film, but they yeah. didn't get a credit. But they are credited as, as screenplay writers yeah. for. Uh, the second and third. So though, like you say, it's very, um, it's not ad-libbed on the spot. They they did work the dialogue mm. up a lot between them to start with. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. I, th- I do relate to the characters. I think that's one of the things that I get. Although, you know, I haven't had anything quite so romantic ever happening. Um, 
you, you know, I can I can relate to having meetings with people and and having that sense of clicking. Um, also, probably having like overly pretentious discussions as well. Um, and I just, think we had quite an overly pretentious discussion uh, when I first met. Really, let's really not talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, but it is, and maybe that's okay, and that's nice, and that's fine. But I wouldn't. I feel comfortable listening to a recording of it, but. Um, but yeah, it did. I did get it, and, that, and, and it felt very, very true as well. Um, it's just that the delightfulness of the, the you know, two people throughout the three movies caring for each other, uh, reaching out but fucking each other over as well, especially by the end. Um, uh, what I did you? Know. What did you go as far as the performances go? How did they have? What did that do for you? Because I mean, it's very much about Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, really, isn't it? The other, everyone else mm. is very minor characters, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. How did you? Were there bits? Is the performances like sort of stand out things? Yeah, I, I think so. Many of them, uh, the, the, the most of the films have some moments where they're just sort of well, especially the first film. I think there's some particularly beautiful moments when the two of them are really falling in love you know um so there's that lovely bit where they go to the record shop oh the listening booth they yeah. listen in the yeah. listening booth and they they're both sort of looking at one another but not wanting to be seen to be looking at the other person um can i can i just put up something there i think i think it's one of the thing the really lovely things about the trilogy of films in a way is how scenes like that in the listening booth are mirrored in the other in the other yeah, films as well. Yeah. Like the, I think the mirroring of the listening booth happens when they're walking up the staircase yes. at the end of Beyond Sunset. Oh, it's just so lovely, and you're remembering nice. that. And then, but then again as well, at the end of Before Midnight, when they're um, they're just sitting at the um, at the table on the waterfront oh, at yes, the end. Yes, yeah, they they're not the really speaking, but they're just kind of like Ethan Hawke's giving her these glances, like when she thinks she's not looking at him. And even though it's a much more tragic situation at, at the end there. It's kind of like it's it's a refrain of that same feeling in some ways, isn't it? Yeah, I, just yeah. checking in. What yeah. is this person? And and just that sense that they obviously it's a, it's a way of, of of showing this great you know a great love and bond between the two of them, um, no matter what stage of the relationship are, or you know in, in a different way, just by being that they just want to see, they just want to keep knowing and just checking in. Um, I mean, that's. I think that it is. It is a film about love, isn't it? Um, and the first one captures that a, an, an idealized romantic love. A sort of naive naivety in some yeah. way. Yeah. A second one, a kind of, you know, that sort of second chance. It still has a more adult kind of, uh, but it is still quite romantic. But it's it very. Has, the second one is very romantic, it, but with a with a real undercurrent of pain in it. Yeah. At that point. With yeah. with that, it's that. Um, and, it, and that, you know, I, I can get that. I think by the time you're 30, most of us have had you know, either love or some other tragedy in life. So you don't have that, um, you know, that great joy of, 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 of youth. And the third one is about the sort of reality of love, isn't it? It's about the kind of relationship, long term, all those issues and the sort of hard work and weariness of it, really. And it's so, it's very, very rare to see representation of that in film um i kind of i mean i was thinking a bit about marriage story because that was a recent movie yeah. about divorce which did to some extent but 
That had a more, um, well, obviously, it's about a couple that are divorcing yeah. um, definitively. We don't know what's going to happen to Celine and Jesse at the end. No. Um, but We can maybe talk about what we might yeah, think happen later. Yeah, yeah, it's intriguing. Do you do you think the, um, if you just had Before Midnight on its own, which was, which was just a story about a 40-something couple, mm. do you think it would have had the same power it had had you not had the other two films no, before it? not at all. Yeah. That's why, yeah, that's why I think this is more powerful than Marriage Story or something yeah. in a way, just oh, because you've seen the definitely. background to it. I mean, yeah. you've got to know. I mean, also, another thing I found really amazing re-watching them, so really being quite well acquainted with the, with the whole, all, all three films, but watching that first one again, just the beginning scene, it just seemed so... Um, I mean, it's ridiculous, really, but you feel, oh, this is so epic because it's about, you know, there's the fact that she only moves and sees him meets him on the train because there's that couple that are arguing yeah um and it just seems so uh well not fated but you know it just seems chance and in that way that sometimes you think about the chances that you have in your own life to wherever you are um i think they mentioned that in the film that they talk about that the fact that she moved or whatever Yes, the, the, the chance of that meeting. They probably talk about it in the second film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was they. Yeah, they do talk about it later. But it just really struck me just watching it the first time, just yeah. being like, "Oh no!" But this is the couple we love, and it could have all not happened. Um, yeah. It and it, but but that also reflects into how you think about your own life that 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 you can have things not happen at all. Yeah, you don't really want to think about that too closely, do you? No. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, can, yeah, no, hmm. sorry. Uh, can, we, can I just talk about a couple of the other things that are, like, just because when we were talking about the the refrains that you get from one film to another, I think there's mm. there's quite a few of those that I think are, are really lovely. And I think there's, there's, do you remember in Before Sunrise, there's, like you were just talking about when they're just sort of getting together and they're sort of falling in love with each other and you have the, you have the, um, the scene where they're talking in the tram and they're both sitting facing yeah. you and Jesse's arms kind of almost ra- almost mm-hmm. round Celine but not quite and at one point um, Celine turns to look look away from him out the window and her hair falls across her face and he almost goes to move yes. it out of the way but brings his hand back so she doesn't see it yes. kind of. and then then you get that in in before sunset when they're in the in the car with Jesse's driver and it's, they're going back to Celine's flat. And he's really upset. He's telling about his marriage and how bad it's going or whatever. Mm. And he's looking away from her out the window. And Celine reaches out a hand to almost touch his yeah. head. And then she brings her hand back. And it's just, it just kills you watching those yeah. moments. Because you're so reminded of the time before when it was all, all sort of okay. And it's, mm. it's just it's heartbreaking to watch it. Actually, the question I was going to ask actually was, of the three films, yes. which do you think is the best? <laughs> Yeah. I have a very quite strong opinion on this. Do yeah. you? Yeah. I don't know. I'm so I don't think it's the first film. Um but and also I'm just thinking how do you define best anyway? But um I it's just little flaws. I there's some things I'm not a hundred percent sure about a hundred before before midnight actually. So I I would probably go with before um, sunset. Yeah, I would too. I I, yeah. I would say it really stands out as well. I think it's as the best. I think it's the the purest of the three in some ways. It has such a strong storyline to it in a mm. way that it, that it's like, will they get back together again or not? Kind of yes. thing. And you're so it's so in your head the whole way through it that 
that you can't you just it's always really tense watching the second one I think even though they're just talking all the time kind yes. of the, and you don't quite and it really and it really build ratches up the tension really well I think because to begin with you're thinking this is never they're never going to get back together there's no the, the circumstances are too far apart and then they just do little twists where we hear mm. how Jesse's marriage isn't working and then we hear how Celine's relationship's not that good or not that good Mm, and then, <laughs> yeah, and, and also there's, there's unlike in Before Sunrise or in Before Midnight, there's barely any sort of extraneous fat on Before Sunrise. I don't think it's purely on the two of them talking the yes, whole way through. Yes. That, and that would be my slight sort of thing about, like, I think you were just probably going to say about Before Midnight, weren't you? That mm. I can kind of do without a dinner table conversation in Before Midnight. Yeah. I, I don't. I just want Jesse and Celine. That's all I need in these this yeah, trilogy. In some I, ways, I yeah, I think so. And, yeah. and Before Sunrise, you've got. Quite a lot of quirky, quirky meetings with other people. Yes. Which I felt they, I feel that they thought, well, we've got to have something, haven't we? They sort of make it a little bit of a travelogue in a way, aren't they? Yeah, but you can kind of, I mean, I kind of forgive that in the first film because I don't think they really knew what an amazing trilogy this was going to be. Well, they certainly didn't know at the time, did they? Did you get that? One of the things I liked about that whenever they encountered somebody new was... Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise, yeah. Was, it reminded me, and I'd forgotten that feeling uh, that you have when you're young and you're with, um, you're in a couple, but you're not in an established relationship, so it's just, a, you know, an early date or something like that, and how any encounter with a third party is kind of excruciating because both of you are very anxious not to feel... Uh, you know, you feel that you might be put down. When you're a young person, you feel that somebody else might, be, you know, have a go at you or mock you or, you know, things like um, when they have, uh, a, what, what, like the poet that comes yes. up and offers them the poet yeah. or the, the old lady who get, is a palm reader. Yeah. And you just sense the, especially from Jesse, I think more than uh, Celine, um, that he's he's anxious that, this person's going to mock me or I have to make, make, make you know, take charge of this situation. Uh, he complains or... that the hand reader sort of ignored him completely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you're getting the, you're getting the sort of the anxiety of being this sort of couple, but you're not knowing what really your, where your status is. And that. That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. It was just something, um, it, you know, again, it doesn't make a big thing of it, and it's more me maybe reading into it, but that was something that I felt kind of delightful. Yeah, I, I said this reminded me of, you know, when they, in Before Sunrise, when they stopped to watch the belly dancer and the, yes. and the musician. And you're, well, you're looking, watching them from behind, and Ethan Hawke is just doing a tiny little jig to the music that he stops and starts every now and then. You think, that is exactly what you would do in that situation. You think, yeah, I want to be cool, I want to be a bit of a dancer, but yes, actually maybe yes. I'm being a bit of a dick. Yes. <laughs> so true yeah yeah and that yeah and that captures yeah that so well and yeah. it's it's sort of like you just think part of me thinks oh maybe Ethan Hawkes is is just a bit of a dick oh no, no not a bit of a dick in a nice way he's yeah. a, bit, a bit like Jesse yeah uh but also maybe he's a very good actor and quite capable of, of, of being outside well talk, talking about that I I think one of the other really amazing things about this trilogy is that how much the actors seem to just be so embedded in these roles. Mm. Like, I mean, there does seem to be more than many other films. There doesn't seem to be much of a distinction in some ways between the actors and, and their roles. You think there is a hell of a lot of Ethan Hawke in Jesse and there's a hell of a lot of of um, Julie Delpy yeah. and Celine. Okay. So much so that I found it quite... I found watching Julie Delpy's performance in the 
in Before Sunset and and Before Midnight, really quite painful to watch because felt like this was really quite her like I don't know how much she was I mean I, I, I actually looked up her biography afterwards and I saw that she was you know she's in a relationship between 2007 and 2012 or something and now she seems to be married but I was thinking is how much of it is she talking about her own life in some ways I and mean, we know that they sort of like you know they worked out the dialogue themselves and you, you can imagine they sort of like you know improvised a lot of it but it feels like they're putting so much of themselves into mm. it. And and also because as well, like um, with in Before Midnight, like uh, they have the conversation about, you know, Celine accuses him of, you know, having having a one night stand with his assistant, whatever. And we know that that's just after he's got divorced from Uma Thurman for being unfaithful. Right. Was that, that yeah. Point? Yeah. I mean, well, that's something I think the sort of fidelity was a bit full, but he's just he got divorced the year before the film was made sort of thing. So I mean, you know, you know these things are universal. So yeah, but they, I, I, I just watching them, watching them performing it made me feel really made me feel that they were living it sort of thing. It's, I mean, like I, I, can, I still have the picture of Julie Delpy's face right at the end of Before Midnight when she's so upset with him and she's sitting at the sitting mm. on the dock and he's come mm. down and he's trying to charm back again. She looks so upset. Like I can't believe she wasn't really upset at that point. Uh, well, I know she's just... a really good actress. I mean, the acting is incredible from yes. her, particularly from her. I think I really like her in this. this yes, yeah. I mean, I really feel her her pain, her anger, and I mean, I think that's she's a really, a really interesting character in that she starts off just being. You feel she's just seems quirky and. Very, very French. Very French. And she <laughs> says she hates it when people, and ever I just wear black or I get angry about something, people say, oh, you're so French. She's so French. She's so, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's, um, there, there's kind of like a thread of, of her uh, of her discussions that sort of builds up. I don't know, just thinking about um, sort of, her anger, I suppose, yeah. and a lot of that relates to, at least she sees it as relating to being a woman. Yeah, she's um, a very strong feminist. She talks about being a strong, independent woman quite so a lot. Yeah. yeah, I always find somebody saying I'm a strong, independent woman seem a bit strange. Anyway, but yeah, yeah fine. Um, she's very environmentally aware, isn't she's she? Very environmentally and aware. and obviously, I, I really like the way they, you know, that was could have been a fairly throwaway characteristic in the first thing but it builds on that for the second one and then builds on it even more yes, for the, her character yeah. for the, so for the third film her, as well this yeah. is her life yeah um but what, yeah i just want to say so she talks about they have discussions about gender or in all films don't they there's in another kind films. of yeah, yeah reoccurring thread um and in the first one it's a fairly just jokey stuff about oh uh, I think that's the one where they say, imagine you have an island where you have 100 men and one woman or 100 women. And again, I just thought, man, I'm sure I've had this conversation slightly twisted round, but in a different what, version me? of it. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. with yeah. loads of people really. Yeah. But, um, you know, just when you're making random based on no research at all, apart from your own feelings. But, um, yeah. you know, so they're just talking about having little complaints about oh, you know for, from her point of view what, what her problems are with how she sees men acting um and uh they they kind of have a little quarrel sometimes about things but it, it's it's all fine they you know they're young and in love and whatever yeah. that's that's sort of glossed over it gets over um and in the second film they again they do have some conversations about about gender and also she sort of slightly accuses um, Jesse of 
being a sort of uncaring white male American, doesn't she? Where he, he's not really he's not really seeing like how the world is so shit and things like that. Yeah, you're talking more true. about gender. I mean, that's not, yeah, gen- but just yeah. just really focusing on gender. I'm yeah. sure they have they definitely have some discussion about gender at some point. They certainly do by the third film. Anyway. The third film is really great, and it's really become her. Um, you feel that this is really pushing her, you know, to, to really upsetting her a great deal. Yeah. And it's sort of like that idea that she, I don't know, it, it just reminds me, when you're, oh, you know, when you feel that you may be disadvantaged because of your, you know, whatever, but in this case, gender, it's very hard not to get very anxious and neurotic about it. It's, well, she, some people would call her neurotic. and She is quite neurotic. She's quite neurotic. Yeah. And some of the her actions in the third film, sometimes you think she's being really out of order. There were parts where I felt her character was out of order. Um, in the, For example, in the way in which she sort of kind of seems to jump into instantly saying to um, Jesse, oh... Oh, now you want me to just drop my job and run off to America. Yeah, which he hadn't really suggested. Which he hadn't really no. suggested. But it's... Well, hey, you could kind of... We don't know about what's been happening between now, before, you know, before, since the uh, the last film and this film. So perhaps... Well, we do, we do know a bit, don't we? We know that um, after... That Jesse lived in Paris for a bit. Then they they moved to, um, the, to New York for a couple of years to yeah. be closer to um, Henry... And then when she got pregnant with the twins, um, Celine wanted to move back to Paris to be close to her mum, so she had the twins yes. in Paris. So we do know a little bit about the... Yes, yeah. and I think the what happens then is that we get the sense that the, the custody was screwed over when they're out the country. Yes. Um, and then they can only ever get one weekend in two. Two or something, yeah. With, with Henry, which... Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like enough to move back to the states yeah, for. It does yeah. make some logical sense. Yeah, but she does seem. Yeah, she seems at first she does seem a bit unfair, but you sort of, you really get to know her pain of being um, a really somebody who maybe she. I mean, we know that she said in the the previous film that she wanted to have children, but these were not planned children and yeah. twins, which are really hard. Yeah, uh, to look after, and it seemed like. She did a lot of the looking after in the early days. Yes. Yeah. She talks about that, at, you know, at length and how... Tell me the name of the children's paediatrician. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's... So this is... And I yeah. think this is, it, you know, it gets to that. It, that's a really good example of the kind of emotional labour that women take on. Um, and, and perhaps that might be something that she's done and perhaps that's, you know, that's uh, not completely Jess's fault, but... You know, it is a. It really gets to the crux of when you, th- when some person, one person feels that they've got sole responsibility for yeah, yeah. for doing that sort and her, of. And her and her describing him before midnight, how you know they've been there for six weeks, and he spends two hours something hours a day. He says actually it's one hour. She says it's two hours wandering around the groves, <laughs> thinking about what he's going to write, sort of thing. And he says, yeah, but I'm working, kind of thing, and all these sort of like these negotiations over oh. over like the childcare over childcare and this is really yeah. familiar isn't it it's, for, yes. for, for, yeah <laughs> i'm sure for many people but yeah. that point when because it is so hard when you want to a you want to have a fair relationship and you want to make sure everything's fair but i think it's kind of when you're a woman you have a paranoia that that yeah. the guy that men are out to you know 
And there is, and, and, and it has to be said that there is a ten- tendency for men to not do their share, isn't there? And, and it's kind mm. of, you know, and like you say, the emotional labour is a big part of it. And so if she's the one saying, well, 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 you need to do this kind of thing, that's not doing it. You need to be... Anyway, yes, yeah, we don't need to get bogged down in domestic details. Because we'll but, get bogged down in yeah. our own domestic but, details. But, but does, fortunately, our yeah. children are quite old now, so we're yes. <laughs> sort of past that. But I so, you know, it's so recognisable. Yeah. But what I mean is when you realise that sort of pain and that anguish and her concern and her feeling, I don't know what am I doing. And she's, you know, she's obviously really fond of Hank as well, of Henry, his yeah. son, and probably feels pretty bad for him in some respects. Yeah. But... I, you know, it just won me over to sort of understanding um, her viewpoint as well. Yeah, I mean, in a way, in a way, all her sort of like, you know, her jumping on Jesse for saying, oh, you just want me to go to the States. It's almost like just this sort of build up of all this frustration of all the sort of years of mm. raising young children sort of coming up, coming to yeah. a head. really. And yeah. we have seen her as a, you know, in her younger years also, she is somebody who it's not out of character no it's not surprising that she's like that as a as a 40 something woman Mm. no because she's quite I mean she's quite angry before sunset isn't she I I really recognise like the that's what I really like about before sunset is the so we have the you know the idealistic Celine of the 20 something (laughs) Celine who might have some of these like feminist ideals, but she's she's not angry yet she's not like she's not being battered yeah yeah well, well I mean you could say that, but you could also say that she hasn't, she hasn't had time to sort of work through her ideas in a way. But mm. it's the way that she, the way that she jumps on Jesse for sort of not being social justice warrior enough a little bit. Obviously, that's a modern phrase, but that's kind of what she's doing in a way, isn't it? Like she's saying, "Did you not know about all these corporations doing this?" And going, and you know, this is this is. The couple have only just got back together for the, f- the last 15 minutes and she's already sort of like banging yeah. a drum about this. She's somebody yeah. who's, yeah, is yeah. passionate and and, yeah. and 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 probably ultimately is quite difficult to live with. Yeah. But um, I mean, which is also another really nice thing about the film in general, isn't it? Is that, that you think, yeah, so when they were like 25, they met and they had this, this lovely meeting where Jesse Jesse fell in love with her. And then he, they meet, meet again. 23. 23? Mm-hmm. I'm okay. pretty sure they say 23. Right, 23. Yes, yes, okay. Sorry, I think I'm saying what A.G. Ethan Hawke actually was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then despite sort of seeing her sort of slight neuroticism, even writing about her neuroticism in his book kind of mm. thing, he... And he talks about this himself, doesn't he? And Before Midnight, he says, like, despite seeing your flaws, I, I still want to be with you and I still love you because of this... Yeah. Because of this thing, and it's it's very real, and it's like you think that's that, that's that's yes. really nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing to portray, and it yeah. needs three films to really be able to yeah. to show that. No, it has to go through all three in order to get there. Yeah. Mm. What do you think about um, so the part that on people who don't like these films, I know that one of their complaints is that they don't like the sort of like the philosophizing of. Well, in the, certainly in Before Sunrise, what are Richard Linklater's ideas in some ways? Like, like mm. uh, so just a few of them kind of um, to think about. So there's the sort of like the dialogue that Jesse says about like, um, I really don't know whether I want to be someone who's known for doing something great or if I want to be a responsible father and have a family kind of thing. And you feel 
obviously that's a 20-somethings idea, isn't it? You feel that's probably a Richard Linklater's idea he's had and yeah. he's thought about. And then and then you have, in Before Sunset, you have him say the thing, which is, say the thing about, like, you know, there's that thing about that thing about maybe people are all pretty much the same. You know, someone wins the lottery or yeah. someone gets put in a wheelchair and they pretty much, six months later, they're pretty much the same person they were before they had the big win or before they put in the wheelchair. And and some people don't really dislike these bits, but somehow those are the bits that really stick in my head. Like, I really recognise them when we come back to them in, to, on, be, in rewatches. Because, yeah. I mean, why... Is, I mean, because you've probably... You might, you'd have heard of that idea before you saw the film. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, you're, you're not you're not turned on, as it were, by the, the idea itself, but you're, you're excited by the fact that you're hearing yourself, you're seeing a reflection of yourself? Yes, you're seeing... You're seeing someone have the similar thoughts to the thoughts that you have kind of and the yes. discussions that you have yeah i guess that's what all three films are about in some ways isn't it all the bits that are just two of them talking are taking a delight in the fact that other people have similar conversations i mean by by richard linklater showing that people have this conversation you recognize this conversation you've had yourself it's kind of like saying well yes other people are like like me and that's i mean that's what film going's about in a way isn't it and, and reading stories is about mm. like empathising with the characters and knowing that they're the same as you in, yeah. in some ways yeah it's very beautiful yeah I just sorry there's this one scene my favourite scene I think from the whole trilogy yeah arguably or not not well line almost was well I think the bit in the car um, so the in before sunset yeah so in Paris when um when that when that you know he's almost really should be leaving but that's the when she gets really upset with him yeah um i love what a there's there's a couple of things in that are so delightful the bit where because she's sort of come along and throughout the day she's been like oh yeah i read your book it was great yeah i know hear about you and she finally admits i'm so fucking upset by reading your book and reading and reading about me and like she's pissed off about herself being represented in that way and also that oh and he's happily married and he's all grey and now he's got a best-selling book and it's you know it's all wonderful and just just the fact that kind of it's you're not surprised that that comes out at that point because you kind of have an idea from you know it's been hinted at but not really you know it's still kind of quite explosive when it comes out um and that's that's a wonderful bit. And she's so mad as well. She's so angry. Yeah. Um, and she wants to get out of the car at one point, doesn't she? she yeah. She tells the driver to let her get out and she's going to yeah, walk yeah, instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the other... And then, I mean, late, when, you know, uh, after a few beats, then he's talking about just how miserable he is and how you know crappy his life is. And the bit where he talks about his dreams he's had. Um, two dreams, I think. One where he's just on a station and he's seeing her... And he's you know, seeing as the train's going past, which you think, oh yeah, that makes sense. But the other one's saying, and then sometimes I wake up and I see you and you're naked next to me and you're pregnant and I just want to touch you and then I, and I can't, but then I touch your ankle and I just dissolve and then and then I wake up and I see as my wife lying next to me and I feel awful. <laughs> oh yeah, that bit that absolutely oh, floors you, doesn't it? It's like because it's such a kind of yeah. sl- sl- somewhat erotic image, but also very like a bit. You know, it's I, I want you. To, I want to have babies with this person. That, yeah. You know, I've seen, and it's 
it's it, I mean it really would be a terrible situation to be in if you just met you know you met somebody once and you're never going to see them again and they're, they're I mean it's an incredibly romantic if desperate in a you know desperate desperate way um anyway I just thought that was and he also says about the fact that he he thinks that he saw her in the car yeah. on the way to his wedding and it turns out it probably was her, was her. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then they managed to just kind of go oh actually as in real life you yeah know, she says the driver oh oh i'm here just, just down here on the just left down here and they get yeah. out and then she says something about, oh is that just a line to get in my pants or something you know about yeah. your dream he's like oh yeah yeah sure you know and that and that bit when they just get out the car at that point and he's he's told her when they were back on the boat he said you know i've i've only had sex about four times the past i don't know how, mm. however many years or whatever and he says, I think if anyone touched me, I would dissolve into molecules. Mm. And and you realise that they haven't actually really touched each other in the film, in in this, this film until that point. No, the only bit when they do, which I quite like, is when they have had... What was it they're talking about? It's just when they've only barely met and they're just walking to the cafe, I think. And uh, now what are they saying? They're saying something about what would you do if it was the last night on Earth? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, another classic conversation and obviously I think she's probably said something about well obviously you know if it was last night on earth you'd fuck like crazy or something like that um or he says I'd fuck like crazy and she said what you know hotel room and she says why bother going to hotel room we could just do it on that bench and he's so like Rah! oh yeah he pulls her over to the bench yeah and it's and it's kind of like just not right at that point and yeah. you can sense that discomfort from her like that no that's a bit too much and it's and very much um reminds you of jesse of before sunrise as well isn't it yes it's the sort of impetuous young jesse where he's there's almost a bit of that's yeah. him doing that in a way isn't it and also yeah. it reminds you of whenever well you know having a date when somebody makes the wrong move and you have to sort of and it's just i mean apart from you know generally when guys make passes at you or something and you want to it's it, obviously that can be dreadful but often it's just freaking awkward and you're like ah no you just <laughs> totally misjudged this and it's, it's fine it's fine but like no and oh. yeah but here in this guy the stakes are even much higher really aren't they because of the yeah he doesn't want to like do the wrong thing and imagine if she'd sort of like he'd done that and she'd sort of gone okay well I'm, I've really got to be going now, you know, and then just sort of like left him, you know, have you got, got can catch a plane? It, yeah, yeah. It all go awfully, horribly yeah. wrong. For me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I do think, I I do agree that Before before Sunset is, is probably the better film in, in a lot of ways, but I'm still blown away by Before Midnight. Yeah. Um, I mean, the argument scene in Before Midnight is just uh, relentless, isn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Literally, she keeps coming back in to yeah. say something else as well, doesn't it? Can I tell you another thing that I... One of the reasons why I think Before Sunset is sort of the best film is it's composed... So many of the shots of Ethan Hawke in it are shots of his longing for Celine kind of thing. Just in, You can just see it in his eyes. Yes. In way, and it's just yes. so painful to watch. Yes. It's like... But it's, it's really good. He, he doesn't... You know, he's really... He's, he's really good acting in that film do you, do you think actually Ethan Hawke looks good and youthful in the first one mm. and sort of quite ruggedly middle-aged in the third one 
not actually that look, not actually looking that good in the second one. I thought. Do you think that's first, like he is always yeah. supposed to be a father of young children, haggard and unhappy? But he's oh. got kind of a slightly crappy haircut, and he's yeah. looking a bit sallow in his face and yeah yeah yeah. he doesn't look brilliant yeah which is kind of weird isn't it because i probably of all of them julie delpy looks the best in the middle one i'd say kind of thing in some ways yeah sort of like 30 something um you know 30 something woman in i don't know yeah i know i I think she does she does anyway she certainly Mm. hasn't um look anything anything like ethan hawk does anyway yeah Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both rather beautiful people. Yes, yes, absolutely. But um, yeah. but yes, yeah, yeah. Before yeah, okay, it's probably best. But yeah, back to the argument scene before midnight. Oh yes, yeah. Because that is uh, that's very good. You know what? I think I just sort of it just blew me away so much. I'm not even sure I managed to take any notes about it. It's How do you think so it would have been if, like we were saying, um, you can maybe have done without some of the early scenes in? Uh, the well, the early the early dinner scene in in before midnight because it doesn't really fit the criteria of what goes into a before <laughs> film in some ways. That's it. Yeah, we it's not a... it's not Jesse and and Jesse and Celine talking That's to each other. That's not the formula. Yeah, I yeah. think okay. So one thought I had the reason why they did it because I was thinking about how that they are talking about talking about stuff like you saying the reason why a lot of people don't like it is because they're just talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a sort of progression in, in the stuff they talk about. So like I said, I think I was trying to get this point across before, but maybe failed. But, you know, it's a, it's the big questions about love and reincarnation and stuff like that in the first one. And then they're more dismissive, but a little bit more nuanced in the second one. Um, and in the third one, they're really talking about things like AI and virtual reality and, you know, technology and things like that. And a lot of these conversations are actually had in that group. Like, actually, they're getting... It's sort of saying, at a certain point, we need we need groups. Oh, no, I don't know. That was my thinking. We need groups? What we do need, you mean? We, we need, you know, to get that... We, we can't just hang around in pairs talking about things. We need to be more social, and actually, that's where you get the lifeblood of your kind of... But is that actually what these films are about? I Because I, I, I was wondering yeah, if you could not. have cut that scene out, maybe, and... And how about if it had just been if it just been um, the two of them in the car at the beginning on that journey? The car journey is really good. That's a really good scene. Yes, really good. It kind of twins are very good, aren't they? Twins are brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we are, when, yeah. When are we going to get to the ruins? Yeah, they've practiced being asleep <sighs> for like the past fifteen minutes, and then they then something must tell them to. Where's my apple? <laughs> and again, there's some that sort of the recognition of the parenting thing of both really lying about the same thing really quickly yeah but you could have gone from the the car journey in some ways you could have you've had a little bit more you got to develop develop it a little bit to them walking to the hotel and then the hotel argument mm. you could have i mean you could have just expanded that a bit further I, I think that would have been yeah i think that would have been a better film actually. i think yeah. they wanted to show um the kind of day-to-day thing of them you know of of Celine being, you know, there being a, a gender divide is yeah. part of it because I think, like I was saying, gender did, and her, Celine's upset about that comes up a lot. Yeah. But yeah, but, I found the discussion. I mean, I think I, one of the big issues is the guy who's Patrick, Patrick character, yeah. who isn't a professional actor. He's not a very good actor. And it's, it really shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, he's supposed to be an amazing cinematographer. 
Right. Oh, um, is that who he is? He's a cinematographer. Yeah, he? he's right. a cinematographer. Got I don't know. I think Academy Awards and a list yeah. as long as your arm and IMDb. Yeah, but probably um, none only of those one actors, listing for acting. Yeah, none of those actors could probably do cinematography, could they? Probably not. No. And normally, I don't know why that. I think I I don't know the full story behind it. I'm yeah. sure there's. Um, yeah, I really don't know, but it, it really did show, and it yeah. felt um, that didn't help. I. I don't know. It, I I could see what they were doing with the younger couple as well. Yeah, because they, they were, were a reflection of of Jesse and Selena as yeah. a young couple. Yeah. Oh, did we haven't we? I'm sure we've mentioned probably before, but that scene where she's talking about how they met. Who's, who's talking um, so about Selena is talking to uh, the young couple yeah. about how they how they met. Yeah. And it's so dismissive it's so sort of oh you know and you're like oh no Celine you've just ruined the first film for me (laughs) yes yeah exactly what I was thinking yeah um yeah it was about you (laughs) yes yeah Yeah. how could you but that's what I was saying earlier about how before midnight in a way crushes all your idealized romanticism of the first film doesn't it by by watching it and you're you are kind of like hang on your third film is ruining the first film in some ways. It's a but, bold but it, move. But it's obviously. a really bold move, yeah. But but actually, but actually, by you get to the time you get to the end of it, it's not crushing it. It's almost like it's it's somehow enveloping the first film in in real life, and and actually, it has more meaning. I think after after watching Before Midnight, the, the first film, it's kind yeah. of it's become more more artistic as a as a trilogy. To mm. by the time we've watched the third one. Do you, do you feel there's much any other value in having the young couple and they're you know witnessing beautiful young love? Yeah, because they they have a different attitude. They, they get asked, don't they? You think you'll be together forever, and they're like, no, kind of thing. And mm. and the sort of like so that's a kind of you know a reflection of I wouldn't say necessarily a more modern attitude to relationships. It could be a more modern attitude to relationships, but certainly a less idealised mm. attitude to relationships. I yeah. suppose they have a fairly, um, a little on the nose, but they have a conversation around the table about, it's kind of about the concept of a soulmate or something like that. And it's yeah. almost like the first two films have set us up with this idea that there's this couple that had managed to have this meeting. You know, it's so rare that you meet this one person that can do it for you. So they, you know, they lost each other and now they found each other and this is amazing and, actually it's not um and you've got other the other couples talking about um how they feel about you know their their respective others so you've got um who is the Stefanos and Ariadne yeah yeah and she's uh I mean he just seems a bit of a little bit of a dirty old man (laughs) yeah he really does everything he says seems to be about sex basically yeah and she's mocking of him they seem to have a nice relationship but it's not ideal either in some ways um the patrick character is sort of that's a little odd isn't it he talks about the fact that his wife is uh they have uh some sort of good relationship but they leave each other alone and seems very pragmatic relationship yeah Yeah. so there's something going on and then you have the other lady who's a widow yeah of um whose husband was his good friend or something and and then she has a very poignant thing about talking about her loss because and that probably applies to anybody if you have a long relationship even if it's maybe not ideal that she has this gigantic loss of this person who laid beside her and you know held her at night and whistled down the street and things like that and that's 
I don't know. It added something to the film, but like you say, I, I think I think no. I could have done without. I could have done without it. Yeah, yeah. It, it did. I tell you what, I did almost like, but kind of was awful. Was was uh, the the discussions when Jesse's talking about his books because they sound so pretentious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which at least is reflected by yeah. um, uh, Stephanus, uh, Stefanos talking about it. Sounds sounds yeah. pretentious interesting. We've kind um, of um, we've kind of moved on to our our section of even better if without really noticing, haven't we? We've gone over the things so. which were which is yeah, which is fine. Yeah, the things. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would be. I can't think of anything in the first. I would say. And this isn't really a criticism of Before Sunrise in a way because it's a it's a film of nineteen ninety five and it's just how how things were at the time you know sort of thing. Mm. But I don't think the acting's quite as good in, in in Before Sunrise. But then they're much younger actors and and in some ways their youthful charm kind of overcomes that anyway. Mm. But I would say as well, anyway, if you if we were looking back at the trilogy as a whole, and obviously there's no way Richard Linklater could do this when he was making Before Sunrise. Mm. He didn't know what the trilogy was going to be then. But I think. Um, you know, then the way we were saying, like, Before Sunset is sort of the purer film, just the two of them walking, and, like, with Before Midnight, maybe we could have done without some of the scenes that aren't about the two of them. I, I think we could have done without the... Um, it's almost the travelogue bits in... in with well, the quirky in the Vi- extras. In, in Vienna, yeah, the quirky extras. Sort of, like, I don't think they... They didn't always add to the Jesse Celine story. No, yeah. no, I don't think they, they did, yeah. but at the time... I th- yeah, I think they didn't feel bold enough to no, just have that, the two of them wandering around no, doing. Which is fine. There's some very nothing. odd bits in Before Sunrise, aren't they? Like, do you remember when they go to the bar where there's someone with some live music playing? Yeah. And and for some, you see, you get to see like just shots of various tables of people in there, like two, three or four oh, people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And there's and usually it's like um, I think Austrian maybe people. Yeah. Richard Linklater might be in one of them. Yes, I think well. he is in one yeah. of them, isn't he? And then you get and then you you um, get to an American couple who there and and the American guy says <laughs> something about says something about like um, well, this is obviously not a customer orientated service industry here, is it? And like, and you think. What what's that about? Why is that in the film? <laughs> yeah, I, and I think know. I think it's, it's a... another of Richard Linklater's sort of like you know just his observations about the difference between Americans and and Europeans because that's yeah. that's some of the theme of Before Sunrise anyway, isn't it? Celine's often talking about Jesse's sort of slightly brash American yeah. American nature, which we're not really talking about by the second or third films. No, he's yeah. been Europeanized. Yes, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is very delightful um, before before sunrise, though. And I'm just thinking, um, like it's. A, I love the bit where they go to the bar to get um, to get a bottle of wine. Steal two glasses. I know, what I love about it is it also reminded me of that thing in your twenties where you think it's almost a prerequisite to be really fucking hammered before you can have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's really not going to happen. You've yeah. had a bit of a drink, but yeah. it's not going to work. We need at least a half bottle of wine each. Yeah, yeah. definitely, minimum. So, <laughs> and we both know it, and we're both going to do everything we can to sort this out. Um, yeah. uh, but it's very charming that he manages to sort of persuade the bar bartender to give him a bottle of yeah. wine. Even though he doesn't seem to find out the bar's address or the guy's no, name or anything. Doesn't, does he? Although he swears that he's going to return the money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a, it is a lovely scene when they, when they sort of, they, and she sort of says, I don't know if I do want to have sex. And he's like, 
I like there's an honesty to the fact that he's not just like, oh, no, that's fine. I yeah. mean, obviously, he's, uh, you know, he's not getting rapey. But yeah. he's, he's, he's sort of like, wow, I kind of think we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given that we're never going to see each other again. Yeah. And I love that they're sort of being kind of, having this, not exactly pretentious, but they're sort of like trying to be at arm's length to their own relationship. They're trying yeah. to have this kind of, no, but what would be best for this? What's the most like beautiful artistic thing to, yeah. us to do? Um, uh, and she, yeah, and, and they, they do yeah. eventually. And I've had that picked up in Before Sunset yes. where uh, where Celine sort of pretends she doesn't remember whether they had sex or not and then admits that, of course, she remembered later. Yes, yes. Which, Which he's seems... like, seems, I remember, and he's got this face of absolute bafflement. <laughs> yeah. Why why did you put me through that? But somehow understand. that seemed incredibly familiar to me that, that Celine should do that. It seemed like, <laughs> I'm not sure why, I don't think it's actually happened to me or anything, but somehow <laughs> that denial... And then admitting to the denial later seemed like Some something that Celine, definitely Celine would do. Yeah, yeah, it sort of doesn't surprise you in a way. Yeah. Uh, yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in, and it's so, I mean, I'm still touched by how, um, you know, how they do convey that sense of being insanely in love. And so, so when they go for the train and being like, oh no, we're going to get on there. Oh, my, and you just think how absurd not to exchange numbers oh but, but that's that's but the whole beauty, that's of, it the beauty well. of it as well yeah, and yeah. really lovely to set up and of course that film was left and then left for nine years so yeah. generally most people watched it and it was just like yeah that's just a moment and we'll never know um and it's just bold to pick it up and carry yeah. it on and make and it, a, a much better film really the second yeah yeah and to and to then you know conclude it with a a third film which is I mean, although I've said I think Before Sunset is the best, the best film of the three, Before Midnight is this truly astonishing film as well mm. as far as like rounding out the trilogy goes. Mm. You, t- you don't often get many third films in the trilogy which are that good mm. in a way that it's really shifted how you think about the first two films as well because it really does shift how you think about the first two films, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. In a massive way. Mm. Yeah. So what we all, mm. what we normally say, don't we, at the end of thinking about these is, does these films or do these films pass the art test? By which we kind of mean. Well, what do you what do you what do you think we mean by? I, I'm quite the art enjoying test? doing this because it's making me re- realize have some kind of definition of art in my head. Yeah. The more I talk about it. So one one definition I kind of had was that art should make you think in some ways. It should make you think and consider what you've seen and how it reflects in your own life. Since we've watched these three films, I've been thinking about them all the time. I've been really waiting to do this podcast so mm. I can uh, so I can talk <laughs> about them. But I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about it. I woke up this morning thinking about it, having a conversation with myself about it. Mm. Tried to talk to you about it, but you said we're not allowed to talk yeah, about it. We do the podcast. Do so in that in that way, it's kind of it's really really stuck with me again. And it's not. I mean, it's the third time I've seen all three of them. So it's it's not, an, yeah. although I mean so. Yeah, I, I think the answer is yes. It yeah. definitely does. I'm still not sure exactly what that means, though. When you say, like, I mean, I do, you, you know, we we were sort of, yeah, I, I same as you, the films have really got into my head and I've been thinking about the characters and what they've done um, and, and, and what that might mean and how that sort of relates to things in my life and, uh, you know, the... 
issues with relationships, maybe even things that shouldn't be discussed publicly. I don't know. <laughs> Between but, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So... Well, I mean, part... One one thing I've... One definition I've heard of, like, um, you know, is, is something art, is that if, if you can be made to um, empathise with characters and also have a recognition of the character, a recognition of what the writer or the director's done in saying, saying, oh, okay, other people have had this experience as well. Yeah. I know I'm not alone in the world in having this experience. That feels like a, an yeah. art experience in some ways. And this film does that in spades, I think. Like, yeah. I mean, probably I more think... than any of the other films that were in this series, I think. I think these yeah. three films do that. And yeah. I think uh, probably especially before midnight, because that is yeah. talking about the mundane to a big extent. Yes. Although, again, I think the tri- tribulations of before sunru- sunset, although yeah. it's more dramatic, you still have that sense of, you know, that recognition of, of remembering um, a perfect, th- you know, looking back to your, your youth and thinking that things were going to go one way and having ideals and losing those ideals. Um, but seeing, but like, I don't know what you were saying before, but seeing seeing your youthful ideals like how they might pan out in reality in, in the, the third film is a is a massive life lesson really isn't it like it's to to sort of it's not to, not to quash your youthful ideals but to see them in a true light in a way isn't temper it temper them yeah I don't, want, I don't even want to like say anything which sounds like you're casting them down at all they're they're beautiful and wonderful things to have at the time but you you shouldn't kind of idealize them in a way because they're not reality i guess is what is what the third film is telling us about about the first film mm. yeah. i don't think i don't think youthful jesse and, and silly would have really mm, would have really believed the older older jesse and Celine. anyway would have believed them in what way but that's anyway i that's wouldn't a have believed that they existed I, yeah. I, it's a delightful thing that i can even think like i can even imagine okay so imagine the older version the before midnight couple go back and talk to the before sunrise couple like I like just the fact that my head is working on this and, and imagining that and, and yeah. like how how would that work and thinking and then of course thinking well would I talk to my younger self yeah I mean that's 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 it the, one question yeah. we haven't you we have skipped a question which I don't know if, if this will work anyway for these films but it's the is this film a, a, a good boyfriend or girlfriend oh yes yes we have skipped that slightly haven't we yes I, well, and actually, this is your film. I get to ask you the questions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, is this film a good boyfriend girlfriend yeah. test? You see, I would have been a few, a few years ago. I'd be much more forgiving on people who, for whom it isn't their cup of tea. But really, I, th- I think you know, if you don't like this film, I don't think I'm. Well, it's, it's definitely a boyfriend, a boyfriend test for me. Yeah. Um, or does that mean a boyfriend test for you? Whether well, it would be a film that if I was to go out, you know, imagining I have a new, life, exciting life where I date. Yeah. Uh, and I went to see this film, or you know, we, we we sat in and watched this film. I would feel it important, and I'd be watching for that person's reaction. Yeah. And that if they didn't like it then, you know, then that's a, a, a negative, really. Um, I have a different take on this question for this film, actually. I mean, I know for other films we're thinking of it as in if you watch this with uh, uh, someone for, a, you know, someone you hadn't known very well and you were possibly winning a relationship, if they didn't like it, would that be a relationship killer? Uh, that, that's how we what we mean by this question yeah. normally, isn't it? 
I, I think of this in a different way for this question. For, for the before trilogy, I think of it as in... Um, if you, as a boyfriend and girlfriend in a couple, can watch these three films and feel good about your relationship afterwards, that's the test that I want from these films. <laughs> that's a slightly different test, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I think it is a... I think, but I, don't, I mean that quite seriously in some ways because... Because... Some sometimes some people's relationships you look at and you do th- you do think that the reason why the reason why that their relationship's going wrong is possibly because they are still basing it on a sort of like before sunrise mentality. They're still basing it on a on the idea that this is how your relationship should be all the time. That's yeah. why I mean this is why um, I and and I think you do as well. Are so kind of like you know dismissive about things like Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a is a before sunrise occasion. You know, it's something that the youthful Jesse and Celine would have done. But but by the time but if you but if you can take the if you take the sort of youthful romanticism of the first film and you work out what that means for you through all the trials and tribulations of before sunset before sunset time of life and then before midnight time of life, if your relationship still works works for you after all that thinking back about all those different stages of it as well then that's the boyfriend girlfriend test for me for for this trilogy of films that's the special version of the boyfriend special version yeah yeah i would say that i would forgive any friends for whom it just isn't their cup of tea yeah you know i I don't feel bad about that yeah but i mean it's very much about relationships so it does have to be a relationship test it is a relationship test can i uh can i add an extra category for this film okay yeah so I do remember when we when we watched this before this this the three films before I don't think we watched them all together but we had actually mm-hmm. I think we watched before midnight actually when mm-hmm. it was first out and more we said um, what would we like to see if there was a fourth film mm. made made in this uh, made in this series and um, and I think it's a really interesting question it's part of almost interesting would be when would you set the set the fourth film what well it has to be nine years that's the rule. Oh, does it? Yeah, the nine years. Well, so far, it seems a bit of an upset if you don't have it nine years apart. How old are the twins in this? In before midnight? Uh, I get the sense that they're about six. Or okay. Something. See, that doesn't work for me. Okay. Because I've got, I've got, got, I've, got a, I've got a sense of what I'd like the story to be. Work out. Okay. No. I. What well, one thing though, I just like to say is that you realise that deciding to make a film. Yeah. has an effect on what has to happen to their relationship because you have to have, well, I suppose, in the most basic level, they have to have some sort of meeting so yes. as that. But also in as much as um, having the second... Uh, like, there has to be a conflict. So yeah. you know that with the... Uh, you, you're ending that film with the idea that they... You know they they have an issue. They have quite a lot of issues in their relationship. Yeah, they may or may not work it out. It feels like if you make a fourth film, it inevitably pushes them to have split up. Because if they haven't split up, then they're in the same situation. Yes, as it's a rerun the of the third film. film. Yes, yeah, it's potentially a rerun. So yeah. therefore, you you mean you know you know that they're going to have to split up. Yes, I would I'd say that's true. So. Do you remember the kind of storyline we came up with before for the fourth one? I think I do. So it's about... Go on, you say. So 
So I think we were saying, imagine, so imagine they split up after Before Midnight. Maybe it's a few years later, yeah. it's, it's, but it's a number of years, but, but whatever it is, they split up and um, so they're living apart. And now they're twin daughters. One of them is about to get married and maybe she's in her late 20s and about to get married. So she, so daughter's in the late 20s, let's say she's 27, 20 years on from Before Midnight. Okay, can we make it 18 years on to keep in the nines? But anyway. Okay, 18 years on, so which makes... Um, makes young. them both 59 they're almost 60 the two of them okay yeah, man, yeah. okay so i th- i th- what i was thinking in 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 a way part of lots especially lots of the conversation in before midnight was about celine saying that jesse jesse is the also um always thinks of himself as the reasonable rational one and she's the emotional one kind mm. of thing but also there's also the sort of like the contrast between them, maybe between between the um, idealised romanticism of Before Sunrise and then the sort of the cold hard reality of Before Midnight in a way. Mm. So I was imagining that the that one of the twins is getting married and so obviously they're both invited to the wedding. This is how mm. we get the two of them together again. Um, just moving the cat. Um, and... And uh, so the daughter, whichever one, what are the two twins called again? Uh, Nina and Ella. Let's say it's Ella then, who's okay. who's getting married, and she's getting married. And the Celine and Jesse have different feelings about the guy that she's getting married to, or yeah. maybe it's a woman she's getting married to, seeing as it's yeah. like you know it's a uh, twenty years in the future. Um, I think you and, can get married to women now. Yeah, you yeah, you can get married to women now. Actually, yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> um, but. I was thinking you have to you have to include a walk somewhere, don't you? Yes. It's a, yeah. I'm thinking it's in Rome. So for some reason, they get married in Rome. Okay. She's marrying somebody who's really Catholic or something. Right. Or they Italian. Married, married in the Vatican, I don't know. Yeah. And they have to go for a walk through Rome to go and organise something. It doesn't really matter what the... Yeah, what, I'm sure we can... What that is. Something. Mm. But I think it'll probably be Celine wants to convince Jessie to help her stop the wedding. For one thing, for one thing, I think helping start stopping a wedding. Oh, maybe I don't know. And and, Je- and Jesse maybe dramatic. is arguing that let Ella go with her romantic feelings for this guy, because that's what he went with. That's his kind of feelings about about Celine and Celine saying, "God, no, you ruined my life," kind of thing. And she doesn't want her daughter's life to be ruined in the same way. And which brings up all the old arguments between them again. But in a way, because they're no longer together, by the end of it, you'll see a small spark of the, of the, what kept, what brought them together in the first place. That's, I think it could be quite cute. Yeah. They're quite nice. Um, the cat's attacking me now. They, yeah, they can't, they're not going to get back together again, are they? Really? I, I don't think, no, that would be, I don't, wouldn't feel right with it for them to get back together yeah. again. Yeah. I don't know. I think I gotta. I, I sort of think maybe we should leave them there. We should at maybe. least. I can leave them with the hope that they stay together as well. That, yes, that's true. Because if they, if there's another film, that's they've got it. To split. That's they've true. Got to split up. And it might be like Indiana Jones four, and we wouldn't want that now, would we? We wouldn't want that. They wouldn't want yeah, any jumping cry. bridges or things like that. No. <laughs> Whatever jumping sharks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you so, feel all washed out? You feel we got to the end of that? Yeah. Oh, maybe this doesn't fit in. It was kind of should have been an, an early thing. I just realised the the bit with 
the, his infidelity. I, I, oh, I yes. just noticed. Oh, so okay. You're, so you're talking about when Celine says to him, when you were doing that book tour, when I was at home with the with the twins yeah. when they were two, did you have did you have yeah, sex with yeah. Emily? And he just gives such a politician's answer. Two twice he does yeah. it as well. She yeah. just asks him and he just ref- he just says, If you're asking me if I'm dedicated to you, if you mean everything, you know, blah 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 she's like and eventually she says, So you did fuck her. Sort yeah. of thing. And he doesn't actually say yes, does he? But he doesn't say no either. No, yeah. so but this is what I mean about like, you know, her asking him those questions would have been probably identical to Uma Thurman asking like Ethan Hawke those questions like not that long before. Yeah. I don't really like to yeah, yeah. anyway. Do you know in an interview like uh for the press for before midnight, Ethan Hawke gave quite a long discussion about why he didn't think monogamy in relationships was that important. Right. Which which when reflection <laughs> when you're thinking back about this whole this whole series of films, really? it's quite interesting really, isn't it? That's yeah. That, yeah. is, that is interesting. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. It might have been the mood he was in at the time. but yes. I do, Or possibly a perfectly defendable position. Possibly. I yes. don't know. I would. Yeah. Oh, and the other little nice touch that I noticed this time in Before Sunset is that when he's in her flat and, she's, and she says, you're going to miss that plane. Yeah. Which is perfect last line or something you know near near last line and he's and he says like yeah i think i am and i only just noticed but he plays he just rubs his wedding ring a little bit as well oh, i didn't notice that yeah, yeah. Oh, nice it's touch. a beautiful fade out at the end of the second one actually isn't it the screen just goes to black with her dancing to nina simone yeah and it's like we don't need any more than that that's fine just leave it there yeah we yeah we, i remember watching that in the cinema and just sitting there for ages after thinking that was just perfect. It's like, yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. Unfortunately, Jesse, the writer, thinks that it was right a good idea to write a book which has them fucking for weeks or something <laughs> yes. in the apartment. Because in, in a way, like him doing that as a writer is sort of spoiling the story of the, of the second film in the way that Before Midnight kind of... St- spoils mm. the, the story of the first two films in some ways, isn't it? Yeah. So there's an well, analogy I, between I, the two. I think his writing about relationship didn't ultimately help the relationship. Although, no. ironically, probably was the only reason why he, he met up with her again. So. Yeah. Oh, anyway. God. I could <laughs> go on for another hour. Or two, I <laughs> yeah. think we probably should Do you think we've probably exhausted that, yeah? I think so. Anyway, I very much enjoyed watching those three again. Yeah. I did. I yeah. did. And we'll do it again sometime. Maybe yeah. this time all three movies. All three in one, one go. go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's watching life. A bit like watching another film by Richard Linklater where you're watching somebody age in front of your eyes. Ah, which will, will be one of our future films, isn't it? In Boyhood. Yeah. Yes. I might do that yeah. Right. So, yes. So, um, if you'd like to leave us any comments about um, what we're talking about here, we'd very much like to hear them. Um, you can email us, us at inbedwith at ethancrane.com. Um or you can leave some comments on our, our webpage if you go to uh, ethancrane.com and just follow the links for the podcast. And we shall see you next time for the next film. Thank you. Bye. Bye.